This morning I have someone to introduce to you. Meet Henrietta. Yes, some of you have seen her already. She's a bit classier than some of the ducks you've met over the last few months. But there are a few really good things about Henrietta. One is that she was a present. Jules bought her for me a while ago. All I can say is she knows me well. Another is that she's recycled, or to use a trendy word these days, upcycled. Henrietta is made from old oil barrels. And another thing is that when Jules bought her, the profits went to a good cause. Although Henrietta came to us from Aberystwyth, it was for a charity called Love Zimbabwe, a Welsh charity which promotes education, sanitation, health, food production and equality for disabled people in Zimbabwe communities. So someone has given a new lease of life to an old oil drum, considered something that's pretty amazing if you ask me, and in turn has used it to be a blessing to others. And that's the possibility being held out to the people of Israel by John the Baptist in this morning's reading. We're starting a new preaching season today, spending a bit of time on the story of Jesus as told by Mark. One of the odd things about our Gospels is that none of them really start with Jesus. It seems that to get to Jesus, you have to go through a strange character out in the wilderness by the edge of the River Jordan. John the Baptist. And what also might surprise some of you is that within first century writings outside our Bible, there's actually more about John the Baptist than there is about Jesus. If you've read the Gospels before, you'll be aware of the ways in which John himself and the writers of the Gospel make a point of John pointing towards Jesus, of Jesus being the more important figure. But John was a big deal. Which is kind of odd. From the descriptions given of him in the Gospel, he sounds like the kind of guy we'd have probably tried to avoid or hurry past, trying not to catch his eye. And yet people went out of their way to hear him. We read of people flocking to him from Jerusalem and Judea. And that wasn't an insignificant journey, especially before modern transport. It was probably about 20 miles. So what was it about John that made people want to do that? Well, John was somebody who held out the possibility of a new future. He woke them up to the possibility that despite all they had been through, they could find new life, that God could create something amazing out of them, which in turn would enable them to fulfill what God had promised them thousands of years earlier to their father of Abraham, that they could be a blessing to all the nations of the world. John appears when the people of Israel are in a bit of a trough. God felt very remote. It had been several hundred years since there had been a prophet worth the name. And this was a people who had been colonised by one power after another. And during that time there had been several heroes rise up claiming that they were going to rescue them. But it always ended in blood, tears and defeat. They so wanted God to help them. But the sky seemed shut and silent. 
That's why John stirred up some excitement. Finally, after all these years, it seemed God was up to something. A new beginning was possible, for God was the God of new beginnings. And it's interesting that all four Gospels turn to the same part of the Old Testament to talk about John. Isaiah 40, the voice calling in the wilderness to make this path straight for God to act. It was an image of people getting everything ready for the visit of royalty. It's often joked that the Queen must think the entire country smells of fresh paint because everywhere she goes, people have felt the need to redecorate and get things looking just right. Likewise, it's claimed that when Bill Clinton visited Birmingham in 1998, the council paid to have the grass painted green. But why Isaiah 40? Was it just a reference to the wilderness? Oh, in part, yes. But this was a passage from another low point in Israel's history. When they were in exile in Babylon, when they thought God was finished, and when they thought they were finished as a people and God had forgotten them, when they thought God had given up on them because they had turned away from God. Isaiah was a passage of comfort which spoke about how God hadn't forgotten them and he hadn't given up on them. A new beginning was possible. It was opening a whole series of promises which they longed to see fulfilled. And they thought they might be when they returned home after Cyrus conquered Babylon. But reality never lived up to the expectation. Although they were back in their own land, they were never really in control of anything. With the exception of a very short period in the 2nd century BC, they really just passed between whatever empire happened to be on top at that moment. Rome just happened to be the latest. And although they were at home, they still felt in some sense in exile. And they had a saying that if they could just keep the Torah or the Jewish law for a single day, they would see the kingdom of God. But the fact that it hadn't happened showed just how helpless they were. And then John arrives and he talks of new life, new possibilities, that God was ready to act if only they were ready to see it. That God could take them and remake them into something beautiful which could help them fulfill their destiny. And even when things felt the right mess, even when they felt they were simply at the mercy of event, with God, new things were possible. Because God is a God of new beginnings. And sometimes it can feel like that for us. We're at the mercy of events, that we're tossed about by circumstances, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And I'm sure the early Christians for whom Mark was writing in the imperial capital of Rome felt that way too. But right at the start of his gospel, Mark wants to remind us that Jesus wasn't just one more random event in the chain. Through that long and winding story that makes up our Old Testament. And through all the silent years, God was still at work. God was taking us somewhere, leading us somewhere. None of it would be wasted. God had made his promises and had both the intention and the capability of fulfilling them. And John's very careful about his role in all this. He can't make it happen. 
He's just waking them up to the possibility. He's extending them the invitation to be part of it. John can prepare them for the possibility of a new start. But the one who can empower them to actually live that out was still to come. The one he was pointing to was Jesus. In Jesus, God shows us that he's the God of new beginnings. And today, we're at the start of some new beginnings. Back in March, when we moved into lockdown, I did a sermon on YouTube about going into exile. And today, for the first time, uh, we, we'll have a small handful of us back in the building, and it's the beginning of our emergence from lockdown. And there's a certain amount of today is about levelling the path, preparing the way for a new beginning when we can all be back together. And over the last few months, we may have felt even more than usual of a, and a, sense of, a sense of that we're at the mercy of events. Yeah, many of us have turned on the news and thought, oh no, what next? When the world feels very strange and the new normal feels anything, like, anything but normal. And it may take some time before anything resembling a normal begins to take shape for us as a faith community. It may never really look like it did before. Perhaps that's okay. But right at the start of Mark, as we start this new season, we're reminded that God is the God of new beginnings and that he can be trusted with those. However unsettled and messy things feel right now, God is not thrown by any of it. He still has every intention and capability of keeping his promises. God can still make something new out of us and use us to bless one another and others in our community. If we have any reason to doubt that, we're invited to share in this simple ritual that Jesus left us to remind us of how when it feels all messed up and completely out of control, God's not finished. We're invited to take bread and remember his broken body. We're invited to drink wine and remember that his blood was shed. But when Jesus bowed his head and breathed his last, it seemed like the end, that everything had finally spiralled out of control. But it was really just a beginning, because God is the God of new beginnings. And if we trust him, he'll empower us to step into and live out the new beginning that awaits us. Grace and peace to you. Amen.